On today's podcast, we are going to be talking the Cards Cubs series, who's hot, who's not of the week, and of course, some NBA playoffs. All that and more on today's Fumbling Punter. Welcome into the Fumbling Punter podcast. I'm your host, Devin Keeney, and with me today, as always, co-host Lucas Jones. Lucas, what's up, man? Mm, not much. How's your Sunday? Uh, pretty tired. We had a big weekend. Not as fun as your weekend, being at the Cardinals-Cubs game yesterday. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's a hell of a way to spend a Saturday in May. Beautiful day. Yeah, it was a beautiful day. I got a little sunburn. It got kind of hot there for a while. That tends to happen at Bush Stadium, man. It is like... I know. It was only like 80 degrees out, but I tell you what, I don't know if I'd even want to go to a game in July or August oh, during dude. the day. I remember... 10 degrees, there's no way. <laughs> When I lived in St. Louis, I would get, like, $2 Pirates Cardinals Wednesday night bleacher seats, and I was right in the sun, and it felt like hell in July and August out there. It was just awful. I don't know. It had, like, when I got dehydrated easily, I was dehydrated, and I even bought two fucking $6 waters. Did you buy any $9 beers to go with? (laughs) When we first got to the stadium, but we went to uh, Ballpark Village early in the morning, and drank a little bit there before we went over to the stadium always a good time although ballpark village isn't that much cheaper than just drinking at the game no i paid like 11 dollars for a long island iced tea (laughs) going with the long island so lucas before we get into the cards cub series because of course that's going to be the big topic of discussion today uh i want to i want to tell everybody i was wrong the Celtics are going to sweep the 76ers, and I could not have been more wrong about that series. Brad Stevens is even better coach than what I thought he might be. They are they have won all three games. They I, I don't think they'll put up that much of a contest against the Cavs. I mean, LeBron is too good. Uh, he is just owning. I, did you see see my tweet the other day about how someone should have got on Wikipedia and? change the prime minister of Canada from Justin Trudeau to LeBron James because he owns Canada. Oh, yeah. There's no doubt about it. LeBron is the GOAT. Yeah, and I think he's going to have another year like uh, the first year when he went with Matthew Delvadova as his sidekick when he was in Cleveland. That's kind of the run that I think he's going to have this year. I am a little worried when you look out west because whether it's Houston or it's Golden State, that's going to be tough for just even peak great LeBron like he's playing right now to overcome either of those teams. Yeah, I mean, I I think that's pretty much spot on. He's going to have to have a hell of a series, you know, the next one and then the finals if he wants another championship because most of his teammates on the team right now, he didn't even have till February. Yeah. Yeah, they had the like, big blow up so, and trade I mean, everybody. I don't think if he was if he was to win championship this year, and that's a big if still. It would be almost I don't I don't think it's gonna be quite as impressive as when he came back down from three one against the seventy three or seventy four win Warriors to win. But I know that was the series that finally convinced you that LeBron is the GOAT. Oh, yeah, for sure it was. Actually, I went on board the year before. No, it was the year before, wasn't it? Yeah, when he single-handedly just won like two games. Yeah, against the that really good Warriors team. I thought but that, that next was... one should have sealed it for anybody that had any questions. But, you know, you got your like 50-year-old dudes on Twitter 
that in Facebook that, oh, LeBron sucks, LeBron sucks. <laughs> he couldn't play the flop. That's what this one guy says, and he's a fucking douche. And it's like LeBron has the body size, the skills, and the quickness to dominate in any era of oh, basketball. Yeah, for sure. He would. I think he would uh, dom- have dominated Charles even Barkley, more. Charles Barkley knocked him down. Charles Barkley couldn't catch up to LeBron. No, Charles would be gasping for air, and LeBron would just dribble around him at will. Uh, I think that just, of course, you know, you could say this about any athlete in any, you could say this about Crosby, you could say this about Scherzer or Kershaw, you could say this about Chris Bryant or uh, Arenado, Mike Trout, whoever. If you take any of those guys back 50, 70 years ago before with their work ethics and their training regiments now, they would have dominated like at an unseen level back then. Because back then, dudes were smoking cigs in the locker room. I mean, right? There, yeah. there, there wasn't all this science. So, yeah, I mean, I think when you really look at how far athletes have came, that LeBron absolutely would have been beyond dominant 25, 30 years ago. That's a silly argument to me for some of those people, but people are going to hold on to their childhood heroes. I guess that's the only yeah. only take you can really have on it. So, speaking of, you know what does suck is are these second rounds of the NBA playoffs. I mean, out west, I can't even take it, either of those series very serious because as much as I love Quinn Snyder, the Ash, or the Rockets are fixing to go up 3-1. Uh the Warriors are up 3-1, and then both series in the East are up 3-0. So I think that's going to move us on from basketball there. Uh, Lucas, let's talk about the series you attended and, of course, the series that most of our listeners are most interested in. The Cardinals have got the first two, man. What are your thoughts? Uh, well, I mean, it's no secret because we've been struggling something fierce lately on offense. Um. And, you know, it's just given, I think Cardinal fans or a portion of them, the Twitter ones, the ones I talk to in person, you know, they're pretty still realistic about it. But then you got your Twitter guys. Uh, that's just that modern day Twitter just, trolls, man. Yeah, that, I mean, that's what it is. But you got them, I think, like, I mean, the fan graphs and everyone else that does projections still have the Cubs are like 60% to win the National League Central and the Cardinals are like 24% and the yeah. Brewers are like 18 and, you know, whatever. And they're going to take this series as proof that the Cardinals are back, that they're so great. I take this series as proof that the Cubs are struggling. They've still had 40% of their games where they didn't have Chris Bryant and Rizzo playing at the same time. Yeah. Uh, they're both struggling coming back off injuries. Um you know, Schwarber's still hitting pretty well. Zobra's hitting pretty well. But, you know, Baez is going to be streaky. That's what he does. I still think the Cubs are the favorites to win the National League Central. I agree. And, and I don't, you know, I don't know what's going on with their hitting. They got a new hitting coach in Chili Davis. I'm not a fan of him right now because he doesn't – He's like seems like he's taking away the home runs. I love Chili back in the day. To, well, he, <laughs> they're hitting fucking ground balls all the time now because he's having them forget about launch angle and things like that. And really the only player that it seemed to have worked with is Kyle Schwarber. Yeah. And that was because Kyle said the biggest change he went from was last year he was starting his hands down low 
trying to be a power guy, and now he's starting to back up, and it's helping him level out his swing. But he still kept his power. And I don't know. I mean, I'm not a technical baseball mechanical person. I couldn't teach hitting or pitching to anybody, but I feel like Chili Davis has really messed with this team. Now, whether if it's too early to take anything away from that or not, I mean, the sample size is six weeks. Yeah. I mean, I guess if they're all still struggling in July, that's a, you know, worry. Um, but the problem is they're not, they're still not hitting situationally and now they're not hitting home runs and they're not taking any walks. So it yeah. sucks. And the, and the, the Cubs on reverse, the Cubs pitchers are walking a bunch of guys. The Cardinals should have had no chance of winning that game yesterday, but they just kept walking guys and it comes back to bite you in the ass. Yeah, definitely. Uh, I'll talk to it from the, the reasonable Cardinal fan uh, perspective. I don't think that winning a series against the Cubs at, at the beginning of May really has any significance on the long term of the season. I think that they need to win games you know, early on or once they get down to that wild card hunt that we talk about all the time, that these games matter for them in that aspect. I think the Cubs have enough talent, especially when you look at that rotation. I think that that's something that anyone who says, oh, the Cubs suck, you really are showing your, I mean, you're being a Twitter troll if you're going out and just saying the Cubs suck. When you look at Lester, Hendricks, uh, Quintana, and Darvish, their overall body of work, and then all the young talent in the field and their position players – there's still a lot of talent there. They Those guys can drop a series in early May, move on. They got a great manager in Joe Madden. Uh, so I would say that this series probably means more to the Cardinals, and these wins oh, will mean more for the yeah. Cardinals than they will for the Cubs in the long term. But that being said, I, we talked about this last podcast, everybody. Do not get too high or too low after a series, especially – and like you talked about last podcast, everybody getting – all super high or super low after a win or a loss. There's 162 games. You just got to kind of take it in stride and reassess, you know, every few weeks and see what's going on. So that's my reasonable Cardinal fan take on the series. I got series. about four takes on the things you just said. Let's hear it. One, when they the pitchers, going into yesterday's start, Chatwood had an ERA of like 2.3. Oh, sorry, so I missed he's Chatwood. Got a big name. That's what he had. But yesterday... But he'd gotten lucky because he's walking like seven guys per nine, mm. which is insanely high. And he's had lucky his ERA was that low. And yesterday it caught up to him like things do. Things usually regress to the mean. Like, so that happens. Two, if you think you Darvish and Jose Quintana is going to finish the season with ERAs above six or even five for that matter, uh, you're an idiot. Oh, absolutely. There's really nothing else to say about that. Yep. Number three, I forgot. And number four was talking about the highs and the lows of winning. Uh, Colton Long had the best little brother take yesterday after the game when he got on the microphone and was like, oh, I see a bunch of Cubs fans came out, so I was happy to piss them all off today. And it's (laughs) like, oh, well, if nothing says that the Cubs are a much superior team than the Cardinals for the last three years, that says it all right there. Yep that that is your new goal in life is to be better than them. And it's a different feeling that we're down the team that Cardinals are feel inferior to and has some sort of complex about. And that's hilarious. 
because that's deeper. What he did was deeper than a rivalry. He was feeling it emotionally. Oh, yeah. No, and I mean, until you dethrone the central champs, you know, the the Cubs are the team to beat. I think it says a lot about where the Cardinals have gone the last two and a half years to that that's the Cardinals mentality. Uh, so another thing I want to talk about, talking about Cardinals, sorry, I just re- was reading through my notes and found this one. So Molina's out for the next six weeks. They car- called Carson Kelly up. No disrespect to Francisco Pena, but I think they need to be playing a lot of Carson Kelly to see what they truly have in him. Because oh, ultimately, yeah, I was surprised he wasn't starting tonight. Ultimately, this is my take, my theory. They have the really gifted double-A uh, catcher down here in Springfield, uh, Kaiser, Kinzer, Kinzer, sorry, yeah. Andrew Kinzer. And, oh, when we went to the game last Sunday, he was still hitting four twenty nine on the season. And don't get me wrong, Texas League's very fr- hin- fritter, hitter-friendly, sorry, guys, hitter-friendly league. And it's very early in the season, but he, I think he is very talented. And with, you know, two and a half more years of Molina, I think that you got to use Kelly when you can. And ultimately I could see him being traded because he'll be 27, 28, whenever Yachty's contracts up. And I don't think Yachty's the kind of guy that's going to step away from $40 million the next two seasons. So what's your take on that, Lucas? Oh yeah, they should definitely be playing. Kelly, I think, to see. And he likely probably will. He just literally just got up. So maybe tonight, you know, he was just going to go with Pena because he's had more time with the team to go over scouting reports and stuff for tonight's game. But, yeah, they're going to have to play play Kelly and see what he's got. It never really made sense to hold on to him much longer after they extended Yachty last year. Yeah. I didn't. Yeah. So if they need, you know, he can be part of a trade, if if need be. Um, but yeah, like I, I'm pretty sure I might have went to a game that was the last game of Yachty's career where he had two testicles. Oh man, yeah. I'm I watched positive that. That's what that emergency surgery meant. I. Th- it's funny you say that because I told Lindsay. Uh, that exact same thing when we were watching that. I, I, we, I saw the replay. I missed the game yesterday because we were on the road. And I saw that replay tonight, and I was like, oh, my God, I think that surgery was to remove a testicle. And she's like, did they just say that? And I was like, no, I'm telling you, based on what I just saw, that looked like something that could drastically affect the old man bits. Yeah, and I didn't even see the replay until late last night. Um, and I was at the game, but you really couldn't tell at the game if it hit him in the head or hit him in the head. You just really couldn't tell, but, you know, that obviously is everyone's biggest fear when your catcher is getting hit in the nads. I mean, Some guys catch on. their entire sophomore year without a cup. <laughs> Me. <laughs> oh, the best, the best part, though, was our Cardinal Twitter friends blaming Chris Bryant. Oh, like, my God. Wanting him to die and saying it's his fault. And it's like, no, it's not. That shit happens in baseball. Like, Benji Molina thinks that the cup broke. But nobody really knows yet. Mike Matheny says he doesn't think the cup broke. But the trainers have it, and they have, you know, there's HIPAA rules. The trainers can't say anything. Now, if they get Yachty's permission and Mike wants to tell everybody, that's one thing. But the journalists just don't know right now. Speaking of which, Jose Ortiz, man, what a douche. (laughs) He tweets late last (laughs) night that he's trying to confirm some 
how did he put it exactly? Do you remember? No, I don't it think like, I, I. I just love that our good friend Art Lippo, uh, Big Blue's uh, Twitter account, that he he likes to shit on uh, Ortiz every once in a while. But uh, no, I guess I haven't seen this. Yeah, I'm pulling it up real quick because it's important to talk about how big of a douche move this was. Okay, sorry we're having a bad little bad radio here, guys, but we are uh, we are yeah, going to find this. Trying, he says, trying to confirm what would be devastating news to the St. Louis Cardinals. And it's like, and that's all he has with it. Nothing else. So you got 100 people on there freaking out. And I'm with him, so I'm like, come on, this is a douche move because there's devastating which would be like Yadier Molina's career's over. Yeah. Yadier Molina's out for the season. Yadier Molina died. Devastating. You know, the Cardinals have had three players in the last this century die during the season. Or, yeah. Well, two during the season and one, you know, during the off season. And it's like, so devastating means different things to different people. But at no point, if Ortiz knew what was going on, should have ever said devastating because at this point, Yadier's going to miss four to six weeks. That's not a big deal. He missed more time when he – I mean, it's a huge deal if he lost to Nat. Like, any time oh, you have to go yeah. into the knife is a big deal. But what I'm saying is he missed more time when he jammed his thumb on the base and had to have gum, gum sur- thumb surgery. Sorry, guys. We didn't do our so Will Ferrell Anchorman warm-ups before the podcast tonight, everybody. Yeah. But four to six weeks is not – Devastating. devastating no it's unfortunate I, yeah that's a pretty that that like you summed it up well that's a pretty douche move on ortiz's part who's not who's not the most favorable baseball writer or fans don't really favor him and there's plenty of good reason uh so speaking of things that uh other sports writers have said did you see jeff perlman's take the other night on albert pujols by the way albert pujols reached the. Uh, 3,000 hit milestone the other night. Uh, and did you see Perlman's tweet? I'm pretty sure Jeff Perlman has me blocked. Okay. Well, since you're blocked, uh, he, I'll sum it up in that he said n- he has never ran across another athlete who treats people worse on a day-to-day basis than Albert Pujols, that, which I, I thought came entirely out of the blue because – Everyone I've ever heard talk about Pujols, you know, he does all these great things for charity. I've never heard, you know, at least still a member of the Cardinals media say a bad word about the guy. And Perlman just basically dropped this bomb that he's just this big dirt bag and treats people terribly. And I don't, I, I tried to get a little, uh, little podcast info. I tweeted, I quote tweeted that at Dan McLaughlin and Jimmy the Cat Hayes. Neither of them responded, unfortunately, but I was pretty shocked the, at the fact that he said that. I mean, something I have never heard in Pujols' entire, that's his 17th or 18th year in the big leagues. Yeah, I, I've i never heard anything like that, but from what I remember of Jeff Perlman, it seems like he is the very quick to hold grudges and like looks for reasons to be offended. So I mean, he does have no you blocked on Twitter. Well, yeah, but, you know, that's more political than baseball. Yeah. But uh, he's, you know, Jeff Perlman, in my opinion, is a snowflake. I'm going to have to side with Albert on this one. Here we go. Here's the exact tweet for everyone. Jeff Perlman, 5'3 of 18. 
I'm going to be honest, 20 years in this business don't remember a pro athlete who regularly treated people with less base humanity and respect than Albert Pujols. Image never matched day-to-day reality. I was shocked. And there were a lot of people on here uh, that were really giving him the what for on this, but I have never heard anything like that. Well, I will say this in his defense. And I, it pains me to defend Jeff Perlman. And again, I think he's wrong. But the St. Louis Cardinals are good at putting images out that don't necessarily match the day to day. No, that that could be true. Because hot take: Yadier Molina is not a Hall of Famer. <laughs> he's a Hall of Famer. So is Jason Kendall and Ben Zobrist. Yeah, just throwing it out there. So no, I was just shocked that you know on the day of Pujols' historic milestone that uh, he came out and said that but speaking of people who are well, first be, off that's a shitty thing to say on someone celebrating a milestone yeah absolutely secondly yeah. i think he's a snowflake third i'm not even going to think about this again because i think he's wrong yeah but i do want to talk about pools for just a minute uh i guess you know the i i was never upset you know it's kind of the same way with jason hayward guys make these moves financially uh, as a pro athlete, you hit if you're you're very very lucky if you ever get to hit free agency in the prime of your career. And for most guys that even do make the majors, they either don't make it to free agency, or you know you're as, as a pro athlete, your career is if you're an NFL player, you're done by like 28. If you're a major league baseball player and you hit over 30, you're lucky. So I don't blame anyone for wanting to make more money wanting that financial stability. But the the whole point of this is the further away that we get, you know, into the Pujols' kind of end of his career, the more I appreciate how great the guy has been. I went and looked at his 11 years in St. Louis, and his 162-game average, or just his season average, was absolutely ridiculous. I mean, he averaged 41 home runs a season for 11 years. Just crazy. So, any thoughts on Pujols, Lucas? Well, Tim Jerk, Tim Kirkjian said during the first round delay here that he's got Pujols in the top three first basemen of all time behind Lou Gehrig and just ahead of Jimmy Fox, who is who uh, Pujols mostly mirrored in the first 10 years of their career. Wow. Jimmy Fox was a stud. If oh. anyone wants to look back at his numbers. And, of course, you got Lou Gehrig, whose career was cut short, obviously. Um, so, I mean, that's where we're at. And the fan base is very split because you still have people that are like, who cares, Pujols, we got the best years of his career, whatever, enjoy – then you got your people that still call him a traitor, and most Cardinal fans use T R A D E R when they're on that side of the fence. Oh yeah, is traitor instead of the actual traitor that it is. Um, <laughs> you know, I I guess there really has never been anybody that was that good with the Cubs during my fandom that left that I had strong feelings about. Um, if Rizzo or KB did it one day, I guess I'll cross that bridge. Like, I love Jake Arrieta, and he didn't have 11 phenomenal seasons in Chicago, but he had several good years. And I wish him luck in Philadelphia, and he's doing pretty well this year. You know, he's making the U Darvin shining look silly. 
And Dexter Fowler loved him when, when the World Series got him. I still wish him luck, and I don't even particularly root for the Cardinals ever. And yeah, he, I just think some people hold it too personal that he left, but they got some of the best decade worth of hitting of all time for very, very cheap oh, compared yeah. to what he's worth. And he went and got paid, and okay, that's fine for Albert. Now, everyone that says he sucks since he left, they're wrong. Um, and everyone that's like, they act like they, the Angels are doing nothing for him to celebrate. Like, I was watching the game the other night. There was a packed house, and there were people with 3,000, making the 3,000 hit number with their shirts and shit. Like, people were happy for him in Anaheim. It's not like he just went there and everyone hates him. Yeah, so... All I'll have to say is I feel very strongly and I very strongly hope hope that two things happen. Number one, I really hope that Albert Pujols enters the Hall of Fame as a member of the Cardinals. Now, granted, uh, I was reading Derek Gould from the Post-Dispatch. His article the other day on Pujols uh, was really good. And technically, uh, because of a clause in his contract, if he chooses to accept it, he has a 10-year deal where he basically is an employee of the Angels for like a million dollars a year. Doubt he turns that down, who in their right mind would, because it's basically an advisory role like A-Rod had with the Yankees whenever he decided to step down. But So he will likely still be an employee of the Angels when he goes to the Hall of Fame. The Angels gave him the money. I hope in my heart of hearts that he goes into the Hall of Fame as a member of the Cardinals. And I also hope that the Cardinals will just retire the number five because, like you said, maybe one of the greatest decades of all time from a hitter. And, I mean, where where are, are those Cardinal teams for 11 years without Albert Pujols? Oh, yeah. I mean, he clearly wrecked havoc on the National League. Yeah. Two and World Series, three was, MVPs. But, you know. And he might be three years older than what everyone thought he was. So just the fact that he had 100 RBIs last year at probable age of 40, that's pretty cool too. Oh, yeah, absolutely. But So those are my two thoughts. I hope he goes into the Hall of Fame as a member of the Cardinals, and I hope that the Cardinals retire the number five and they have it on the outfield wall there with Ozzie and Shandis and Brock and Gibson, uh, all the Cardinal greats, because he truly deserves to be there. So, Lucas, now let's get into real quick uh, who's hot and who's not right now. Uh, my who's hot, and you feel free to add, jump in, or take away from these at any time. The Yankees, holy cow, they're half a game behind the Red Sox right now. Yeah, they've won like 14 of 15 or something. I think after today it's 15 of 16. 15 of 16, they're, they're coming around. They are a juggernaut, and... You know, the Red Sox should probably be a little bit worried because the Yankees are not just doing this against shitty teams. They're playing Cleveland and Houston. and Yeah. Uh, I think the Angels were in that stretch, weren't, were they not? Good Lord, Chris Bryant just hit a fucking bomb. Oh, I'm in, I'm in my studio. <laughs> oh, quote. sorry. He just hit a freaking monster shot. My God. Oh, well, I'll but have to. But anyways, you can catch up on it. Uh, You'll see it. <laughs> But, uh, anyways, uh, in the, the Red Sox, they got off to a hot start playing, like, the Devil Rays and the Marlins and some teams like that. But that's yeah. not take away from the Red Sox. They have a very, very good team. 
and the Yankees do too. And the Blue Jays think that they're in this. They think they have a playoff caliber team. And uh, But I agree with you. The Yankees are the hot team right now. Yeah. Also, uh, the Diamondbacks probably, you'd have to say, are pretty hot too. They haven't lost a series yet. They just won a series against the Astros. Yeah. I mean, definitely have to include those in any of those talks. My next team was going to be the first place Atlanta Braves. I mean, yeah. They oh, called I, they called up Acuna and what do you what do you think of, about the Braves, Lucas? I like what they got going on. They got uh, they got the three youngest players in baseball right now, and Albies, who has more extra base hits than anybody, including Mookie Betts and Mike Trout and Bryce Harper. Um, and then they have Acuna, and then Mike Soroka came up and won a game the other day, the starting pitcher. They have they have a ton of starting pitching in the minors. They got a third base prospect that's supposed to be pretty good. They got $49.5 million in dead money coming off the books from that trade with the Dodgers. Oh, so wow. the Dodgers could get under the luxury tax this year. The, they got all that coming off if they wanted to. And they still got payroll room, mind you, if they wanted to take on some contracts this year to uh, to actually compete for the playoffs. But I'm just saying, like, they got room to pay Bryce Harper $40 million if they want him. Wow. Yeah, and I mean, how great would that make the Braves? I think you can't count the Braves out for just having enough. I don't particularly think Bryce wants to go to Atlanta, but if they're the team that's throwing that four there, it's the very first number, uh, albeit the total or the AAV, uh, who knows? Yeah, absolutely. I got a hot team I want to throw in, though. Do it. It's going to blow your mind. The Miami Marlins. They've won four straight series. Wow. Look at the Marlins go. Donnie yeah, Baseball. They're not a good team, but they're also not the worst team. I mean, obviously, that's the Reds. I mean, the Reds just well, got demolished by the Marlins, I think, this weekend. And the Marlins are a team. The Reds are supposed to be a team on the upswing of the the downhill slide of their rebuild. And the Marlins, their team, that sold everybody. Yeah. So, I, I said from the beginning of the year after that first series with the Cubs, and I didn't just say it because I was a Cubs fan and disappointed in two two start. I've seen some decent relief pitching out of Miami, and the guys just play hard. Donnie Baseball has them playing hard. They know they're not good, but if you play hard, you will win some games. Oh, absolutely! And Lucas, one more team I want to throw at you are our last year's uh, kind of our sweetheart, the Colorado Rockies, playing good baseball right now. Arenado yeah, they... just hitting dingers left and right against the Cubs. Yeah, he did have two that one day. I mean, I think what it is is Arenado knows that he has to show everybody that he's alpha dog when he's playing Chris Bryant as to who's the best third baseman in the league. And so he just is knocking him out of the park left and right. I mean, he had some help um, from his pitchers by hitting Chris Bryant in the fucking head. (laughs) And Chris Bryant's just now heating back up couple good hits yesterday and a home run just now so you know yeah it's uh it's just one of them things where you know no one says Arenado is not good Arenado very good defensively very good offensively but Chris Bryan is just a better offensive player yeah I mean I mean, I, I know there's ooh. guys on Twitter that are just Cardinal fans that won't admit it but numbers don't lie so let's move on because we're just gonna have to dis- agree to disagree on Arenado Bryant, and let's what? go I'm on. I'm just gonna hang up the phone now. 
<laughs> you know I can't let you live that down. Let's go on to who's not, though. Uh, the Orioles have the worst record in baseball. We have talked yeah, about sure. the Orioles already. Uh, Lucas, do you think it's bye-bye Machado time now? Well, obviously it should be, but Duquette said he's going to wait till Memorial Day to get a better judge of this team, but uh, I don't think we need to wait three more weeks. Yeah, I mean, I they're... think, uh, you know, the sooner you trade them, the bigger package yeah, and you you're, get in return. They're nearing 20 games below 500, and that is going to be a hell of a climb yeah. back. They're not coming back from that. Yeah. Uh, then I have – the Cardinals would smart – they would make a run for Machado and try to trade managers as well. Oh, yes. That would be so awesome to have Buck Showalter. Oh, that, that's just – you're tempting me too much. <laughs> the Dodgers, uh, they're four games under five hundred now. We've also talked quite a bit about the Dodgers' struggles this season, but I couldn't talk about who's not without seeing them. They're sitting at 15 and 19 after today's play. Uh, Eight games back. Yeah, uh, and you know we talked about two teams in their division, the Dodgers Kershaw or the, on the DL. The oh, Kershaw's on the DL. I I'm, I'm sorry I missed that. So, do you think it's panic time for Dodger fans? Yeah, it depends how serious Kershaw is. They said that it's just bicep tendonitis and he's going to start rehabbing tomorrow um to try to get over that tendonitis, so maybe it's just a short 10 10 day stint, but he is, uh, you know, if he's out for any significant time, it is panic time. And if he missed time, the Dodgers will probably be better off not even trading a whole bunch of their younger players for Machado at this point. They might just have to write out a tough season. Yeah, I kind of do what the Giants have to do every other year. You know, just you're in a tough season, you're in a tough season. Uh, the last team I got, and th- I I'm, don't. This is probably going to sound a little bit more like a hot take, but the Astros are one and four in their last five. I wouldn't panic at all if I was an Astros fan. There's so well, much I was talent say the there. Cubs and they're one and four in their last five. So yeah, so I mean, there's a couple of teams that I think we both feel really confident in, and so I wouldn't really panic if I were a fan of either team. You are a fan of one of the teams and the Cubs, uh, Lucas. Any parting thoughts? Mm, no. Not really. I think we covered a whole bunch tonight. That we did. It'll be up uh, Monday morning. You guys hopefully are listening on Monday. Tell us what you think. Uh, retweet, share. We love to hear your comments, so let us know. All right, everybody. For Lucas Jones, I'm Devin Keeney. This has been the Fumbling Punter Podcast.